Hello and welcome to Moonshot, a show by Sequoia India and Southeast Asia that profiles innovative startups and inspiring founders who are dreaming big, making an impact and driving change across the region. I'm your host, Dewi Fabri, and throughout this podcast, we'll be introducing you to founders and thought leaders who are helping shape the region's startup ecosystem. We hope this podcast will give you fresh ideas on how to start and scale an enduring company. The COVID-19 pandemic accelerated the rate of digital adoption. It also changed consumer behavior. More people than ever are now shopping online. While many legacy brands, which usually sell their items in physical locations, scramble to set up online stores or deepen their relationships with e-commerce marketplaces, direct-to-consumer or D2C brands were poised to ride the wave of changing consumer behavior. Mama Earth is a personal care startup that was launched in 2016 by husband and wife team Varun and Ghazal Alag. In just over four short years, the startup's revenue has grown to over $100 million. On this episode of Moonshot, we'll be talking all about brand building with Mama Earth's Varun Alag and Sequoia India Managing Director Ishan Mittal. Varun, Ishan, thank you so much for joining us today. Varun, first of all, Mama Earth is an all-natural personal care brand. You sell everything from shampoos, soaps, creams, baby products. But there are many players already in the space. Why did you decide to get into it and why personal care? The the personal care story is actually a very personal one. and uh, It starts from uh, a problem that, that we faced when, when Agastya, our son, was born in 2014. Um, and that's when our our platonic relationship with personal care became serious um, and uh, we had to uh, we had to find right products for um, Augie and and that was uh, uh, there was a challenge because India really did not have any uh, regulation around use of uh, toxins or harmful chemicals into personal care products and when we uh, searched for such products we found that you know um, there was a lot of negative conversations which was going on around carcinogens find in, uh, found in personal care products and that just, as a parent, it just scares you. So um, that, that fear firstly led us to um, you know, buy certain other brands which were available in other markets which were certified toxin-free and uh, over time found that to be really challenging and stressful and, and uh, you know, that is what led to the conversation that someone should do something about this and provide uh, you know, clean label personal care for um, you know, babies in India and, and uh, from that someone, it, it, uh, the conversation became why not us and uh, that's when in 2016 we quit our jobs and started working on the brand and launched uh, Mama Earth as uh, Asia's first uh, made safe certified brand. And, uh, coming to the second part which is uh, um, how from a baby care brand it has been uh, it has become a extensive personal care brand which has solutions for the entire family and um, I think I'd say two things one um, clearly from day one as a um, you know marketer one of the things that I believed in was that this century belongs to why based brands rather than what based brands right? millennials love to buy into brands purposes right and uh, love to buy into why they exist right? 
and once they buy into why uh, they exist right or why the brand exists and they actually buy whatever from the brand not just a what right um, and and that's the big philosophy that that i believed and i learned while working uh, with the likes of unilever cocola who were who were building these purpose brands right uh, which is what we started crafting mamaearth with right and hence over time right um, because the brand was essentially stood for goodness inside right beat our products or our processes and people believed in that difference that we were making uh, to both the uh, on on the product side as well as on the environment side right and they wanted to connect with us deeply and they themselves started asking for more uh, in terms of you know uh, mothers started asking for products for themselves and then they started asking for products for you know the fathers and then you know it it just started rolling into um, you know uh, a space where we were just listening to consumers and providing what they really wanted because listening was one of our strengths and over time we uh, we built a franchise right which was not just for uh, limited to babies but for the entire family and it's been accepted really well right and you know you you talk a lot about um how millennials are are buying into why based brands how do you craft that into your brand story can you give us some examples yeah so i think the the best example would be to talk about mama earth right and uh, we have internally created a framework which is a 3 p's framework right uh, which is product process and perspective right um and for any brand to bring their purpose to life right uh, the purpose needs to come to life across these 3 p's right so the first uh, thing for any brand is to define what the purpose is so for mama earth for example the purpose is to uh, to to you know uh, help people make those little choices right which will add um, you know goodness to their lives right um and in in terms of the first p which is product we do that uh you know and and by by providing goodness inside the product right so no nasties and only goodness of natural ingredients inside right on the process side right uh, we walk the talk right by being plastic positive so we have uh, we recycle more than you know uh, two times of the plastic that we use uh, just to give you a number we recycled almost 250 metric tons of plastic just last month right um and then we have another initiative at a part of this process which is um which is plant goodness where every time you place an order on our website right we actually link it back to a tree that we plant right and we share uh, the image of that tree the geolocation of that tree to you right so that you know your your purchase hasn't only made a strong you know impact on your own health and family because of the quality of products that you're using but also on the environment right so it's a me and we uh, construct and the third thing uh, third piece perspective right which is where uh, you know we believe that you know beauty right is not about how you look or how you feel right uh, the brand believes that beauty is all about what you do right um, and hence uh, goodness insights perspective is all about beautiful indeed right which is what we are bringing in our purpose and emotional campaigns now right by telling people that you know don't um don't just go by external beauty right uh, but look for actions right and wherever you find good actions right is where you'll find beauty so i think that reinvention of the definition of beauty uh, led by uh, educating our kids in the right manner on what beautiful is right is what mamaearth is building so i think that 3p's framework is helping us bring brand purpose to life 
Right. It's showing consumers that it's really a brand that cares not just about you, but about the earth as well. Um, now, Ishan, what excited you about Mama Earth? Yeah, a lot of things. Uh, but most importantly was, uh, was the way Mama Earth was going after the industry. As you know, Sequoia partners with founders and companies who are essentially reimagining the world. They're after going after very large markets, uh, but building their businesses in a different way. They're disrupting the incumbents, right? Uh, but one industry where we were watching it very closely and had not seen enough of disruption was the entire FMCG space, which, uh, which is a one trillion plus market cap industry. We had not seen somebody really go after the category as a disruptor. Uh, but when we met Varun and Alag, I'd say in late of 2016, uh, we realized that they were really thinking of this business differently. They were not thinking of it as one more FMCG brand, uh, one more brand with the same products as everybody has, uh, but thinking about how the consumers of today and tomorrow are changing the way they discover brands, consume brands, talk about brands, right? And uh, and as we met them again and again, it started to show up uh, that for each of the three key pillars of this industry, which is product, marketing, and distribution, uh, they were following a dif differentiated approach. For example, what seemed to us in the beginning as a, as a gut-based or a feel-based choice of products uh, became very evident that it was very scientific and it was very data-driven. They were using a lot of technology to understand their consumer their preferences and uh, the trends and using that to then uh, drive their what is now a phenomenal uh, new product engine. Similarly, I was amazed. Uh, I, I still remember uh, in one conversation I met uh, with Varun and we were talking about marketing and the focus he had on not just spending, but the measurability of uh, every dollar uh, that the company spent uh, and how they were using technology to do that was mind-blowing and uh, and that's when we knew we we had to partner with them uh, and we knew that they are uh, gonna be a very important player in this industry and go after this big big space in a in a very aggressive manner you know you mentioned varun um had this very strong marketing background varun you came from a brand role um and leaving that, you were already established in that in your industry, right? That's a huge decision and a, something that a lot of aspiring founders struggle with as they think about launching their brands. Tell us a bit about that. So it wasn't uh, an easy decision for sure, right? Especially when you have uh, a one and a half year old who you can clearly see, you know, is is going to sort of you know go to school, have more expenses, uh, and you have. Uh, uh, a very, um, you know, fast growing career where you know that if you stay, you could eventually do exceptionally well on the corporate ladder. And, and uh, then your parents are also, you know, on a verge of retiring. So I think all the all the angles were were clearly sort of, you know, making it difficult. And, but, uh, you know, I, I would say one, uh, the passion for doing something of uh, our own and, and starting something of our own and creating and making a difference uh, has been there uh, for long and, and, and within both me and Gazal. Gazal had actually uh, done one startup before this. Uh, so I think there was, there was this passion for, for creating um, you know, a, a company and a brand which will uh, create a lasting impact. And uh, that passion 
just got summed up and and got combined with the strong purpose when we saw um, you know that that what we are going to do is going to make a difference to kids like Agastya and and having you know being able to envision right, um, the difference that what you intend to do will make and uh, just make it makes it so much more tangible and and just the drives become uh, I think far stronger and uh, so I think that was that was the uh, drive but again then. You know, from a practical lens, I I did a lot of pros and cons analysis. I I talked to uh, a lot of uh, you know founders who had um, left jobs and started something. I talked to a lot of you know consultants, um, you know search consultants to understand. Hey, if I do this for three years, right, and I fail, right, what will it mean for me? And and the answers that I always got were that. the experience that you will get this kind of skills that you will add to yourself the fact that you have demonstrated risk taking ability right are all going to act positively for you right and, and people are going to love to have folks like you in leadership who can who can you know create and craft businesses so don't worry about you know those uh, those uh, uh, you know um, uh, what will happen if you if you fail right something will work out right um, but i think the the strongest driver for me um would be would it be, I, i still remember that one night where gazal and and i were chatting and and she was talking to me about the fact that you know imagine you're you're you know um you're 50 and you're on uh you know uh, for whatever reason on a hospital bed and you know um if if you're asked that you know do you regret not doing anything in life right and, and if that one answer is i regret not not doing my own startup or not chasing that idea that i really believed in right uh, that's just something you can't come back from right i could still live with failure right but i just don't believe you you can live with regret right so that's that's i think the most uh, powerful motivating uh, you know moment of force which which then next morning i resigned right so i mean uh, it was it was that strong right um that it's it's much easier to live with failure than to live with regret and what you mentioned uh, how this decision was not your decision not gazal's decision but you're going through this together um and then eventually both of you made a choice to start this business with each other uh tell us what does it mean to start a company with your spouse how did you think through that Oh yeah, we initially we got asked this a lot, and and honestly, uh, people were extremely worried, right? Of of uh, uh, a couple sort of you know, investing in a couple based business, etc. Um, I think firstly, I would say the bedrock for a great founding team is trust, and um, and I believe who else would you trust more than your life partner, right? You you trust her with. all your vulnerabilities right uh, you trust her um, with um, everything that that goes on in your life right um, so i think that has been the bedrock for our you know relationship in this company as well right um, that we had blind faith in each other's commitment and intent and uh, the second thing that i would say has has clearly um been foundational and has helped shaped us this really well is our understanding of each other reality is that before we started this business we were already partners for 5 years right and and we know each other's strengths and vulnerabilities uh, really well right and, and when you know that and 
you you really can easily decide and right, what each one of us can bring to the table and what each one of us can do really well right so and and which is what i have seen you know going wrong in certain foundation uh, founder teams which is you you can't really divide work or one feels that you know one is getting you know this on their plate but they should be getting something else on their plate right and i think that understanding was very clean right as this is your strength you focus on this this is my strength i'll focus on this right and you know we will make sure we are covering up for each other's weaknesses right so um, i think that that i believe is the second thing that clearly has worked for us right and thirdly i think all this negativity around couples not succeeding and building businesses right almost gelled us as a team we were like hey we're going to prove you wrong right this is just not true we're going to do this and we're going to show that couples can create fabulous businesses so i think i we have thoroughly enjoyed it of course work goes home we sometimes find you know in midnight talking to each other about innovations or the new marketing ideas but i think that's that's all good for the company and we're just looking forward to so many more years of building this together amazing amazing well completely agree with you trust is the bedrock of a founding team and uh, who do you trust more than your spouse <laughs> lovely lovely and what let's go forward from there uh, as you started you're starting a brand business uh, this is not a space which was an empty space a lot of big companies a lot of big brands uh, what was the first few months or quarters like how did you solve the cold start problem of uh, of consumers not knowing your brand you're not having enough reach uh what were the challenges how did you overcome them no i think in our case the cold start problem was even bigger because we were starting with a high level of involvement category right i mean uh, someone had to trust their baby's skin care right and, um onto a new brand right and it's not a easy decision to take and uh, and hence we were clearly climbing uphill right and that's the challenge that we had sort of taken right um but i think in the first few months when this this rigorous focus on talking to consumers and and trying to articulate their barriers properly as to what is stopping them from having a conversation with us firstly and what is the kind of statement which will act as a icebreaker because the first thing that you need to do is not to sell right is to find a way to have a conversation with the other human and what is that barrier how do you overcome that and and i clearly remember right and and that's by the way gazal strength right that that talking to so many people right we've stood in you know so many malls montreal stores putting up small stands and just you know talking to people as to this is what we are trying to do right and trying to read the articulations by the way even now whenever we are launching a brand our brand teams actually go and set that up and do it it's a part of our you know learning exercise right but when we were doing that we clearly understood that when we talked about the made safe story that we were asia's first made safe brand and that was working as a icebreaker and so that is the first thing that we discovered and the second thing that we then had to discover was once we have started the conversation and what is the consumer most warm to and in terms of the story that we are telling and is it the product story that they are most warm to and or is it the founder story that they are most warm to and which is where again we realized right that the shared journey story right of a parent 
trying to solve this problem right, was a very strong motivator uh, for people to sort of build trust in that brand. Right? So that made safe plus that parent story right, clearly was turning out to be the right story to tell to get into uh, consumer psyches. Right? The third challenge then we faced was how, what is your communication insight? So how do you go about now spreading this story right? right? Which is where you have to either figure out a media right? or you have to figure out a medium. Right? In our case, we were more concerned about finding the medium right? uh, because we believe that you know, as a young brand with limited capital, right? doing media-based pieces can be a high burn game. Right? So when we were looking for a medium, right? um, we, we, we came across this insight which, which told us that you know, early mothers, which is mothers in the first six months, right? were clearly looking for doctor's advice. Right? And that's not the space where we are experts. Right? While mothers who had six months plus babies right, were looking for advice from other mothers, right? So in their circle, on social, on WhatsApp groups, right? And that is what we latched on to, which is this whole insight of moms trust other moms, right? And we said, hey, this is a medium, right? Through which we can tell the story, right? And then I still remember in the first three months, Guzzle talked personally to 700 plus vloggers, influencers, right? And told them the story personally as to what we were trying to do. That same story which we had crafted. Right? And then used them as the medium, right? To spread the word, right? And that was the first growth hack that we were able to sort of, you know, uh, use to get over this challenge of, uh, you know, uh, getting our awareness going. Very interesting, very interesting. So I think Paul Graham says, do things that don't scale in the beginning. Sounds like you did a lot of that as well. Yeah, we did, we did, we did, right? I mean, that said, even now, right, that whole insight of moms trust other moms has become into insight of millennials trust other millennials, right? And we have been using creators and influencers, right, to design the word of mouth around our innovative products or our philosophies or the brand purpose philosophy and in spreading that story. So it's actually something which uh, has scaled has even scaled to, to, to this level. Amazing, amazing. And, and Varun, we often see that the journey that a company goes through are two distinct journeys. One is a zero to one journey, which is what you talked about. And then comes the one to hundred journey, right? And they are very different in terms of the organization or marketing or distribution. Uh, so tell us from being an upstart to today, where uh, you now have 200 plus products, you've touched more than 5 million consumers, you've become the fastest ever brand to get 2000 crores uh, in four and a half years. Uh, what are the things that have enabled you to get here? I think firstly, I would say the, the organization and, and I have learned so much from, um, you know, partners like yourself, right, who have in our journey and right, uh, clearly um, taught us about how important it is to build for tomorrow rather than building for yesterday. Right? And I believe that is one of the strongest levers which has worked for us, right? uh, which is getting the right people on board right? and getting the right leadership on board, giving them independence, right? creating really engaging as well as inspiring you know, ecosystems and cultures right? through which they can uh, operate and, and, and take us to that uh, you know, place where we want to reach. So I think that's the first thing. And second thing that I would say is just, you know, the, the very basics of brand building, right? I mean, starting with the brand proposition, which is as simple as, you know, 
which category are you in what is the point of difference compared to that category and what is the reason to believe that consumers should believe you right and having that simple proposition crafted right and then taking that story right in different manners but in simple ways through different mediums to the consumer right? and and that story needs to remain consistent across your funnel right you can't be selling a different story in awareness funnel and then a different story in consideration funnel right and the story just needs to remain same right i i think we've just been consistent with that simple storytelling right and, and have ensured that we continue to tell that to more and more people over and over again right and, and that story just then needs to talk to our product performance right and, um, which comes to takes me to the third point which is paranoia about quality right? and uh, i think that's something that we had had from early on because we were in the baby product business right and everything that we were developing we were first checking it on agastya right? and and not just at development level right and when it came when the manufacturing was happening and it came to our warehouses is to used to first come home right? and i still remember gazal applying body washes shampoos in her eyes all the time and checking that you know there should not be any tears right and, and then we used to apply it on augie because we were so paranoid about you know um you know not letting anyone get you know a substandard product right? and and that paranoia still stays right i mean we are so large we do almost 4 million units a month right now right but even today right after five qc checks the final qc check is the product comes to home gazal checks it personally right and then it gets open for sale right so um that that paranoia has just been driven down in the organization nobody takes shortcuts right um and fourth i believe innovation right i mean uh, clearly um what you talked about early on as well that we've been using data we've been using technology to learn more about consumers to learn more about their preferences to see trends and slopes of what they are searching for what they are looking for in our search bars right and basis that we've been innovating right? and and those innovations have clearly fueled business growth for us so i think those four is what i'd say so and that's actually fascinating you know uh many times people ask us what's the difference between a founder run organization and a professional company and you know this is right here show me 1000 crore brands where the founders are still testing products on themselves to make sure their consumers are safe amazing amazing uh but i want to double click on one thing you mentioned right you talked about how you are using technology uh for the scale uh tell us more where all is technology showing up in the business right because this is a business which has historically been a manufacturing plant then a supply chain then a retailer and the consumer and then a bunch of tv marketing in the middle uh how is this industry changing with technology in fact ishan i believe uh, uh, data and technology are core differentiators of why this company is different from um the incumbents which existed in the fmcg space we actually call ourselves tdcg right technology driven consumer goods company right um and you know the the at the heart of it right Uh, the reason why we exist is because of technology right e-commerce and digital marketing right have disrupted the core moats of fmcg uh, industry in india and for last 50 years right the deepest moat for large fmcg players was one numeric distribution and the fact that they could take their products to 25000 pin codes in india and stores and have direct distribution which required a very large sales team right that a new brand just couldn't copy and secondly 
the marketing was always available in large chunks and you had to if you had to do tv that right, you needed such large marketing investments right that that would act as a barrier to entry into the category itself and with e-commerce where sitting out of one city you're able to service 25 4000 pin codes and meet aspirations of consumers who want something sitting at their home and that numeric distribution mode got broken and and the micro and quantum marketing that we are able to do now by social marketing and media and where we are able to target specific consumers who have a certain interest right where we don't need to spend millions to sort of you know reach there and is again a major disruptor and now on the back of this right we clearly realize that you know at the heart of the company we have to build productized strengths right all the core strengths that we have right and for example if innovation is is our strength and right? we have an entire um, you know pillar or a project pillar of products which is which is under collaborative innovation right whereby we have the ability to ask consumers dynamic questions and get over 1000 to 2000 data points every day right around what they want right if we had to sort of launch a new ingredient we can actually dynamically check with them as to which of these ingredients do you love most in this product right if we had to understand from them which shade of kajal would they like to uh, sort of buy from us right we can dynamically check that and all of that information comes back to us and we can take the decisions much more intelligently around what to launch and what to sort of forecast right similarly personalization is a big pillar for us and from the experience that the person has when they come on to the app and how it will be differentiated for different people and to um the fact that once they have taken an action on our website on an app right how do we market it to them and how that that gets automated and to once they have purchased right depending upon the category that they have purchased depending upon how much they have purchased depending upon if they purchased in a sale period or a non sale period right there is a different way we can communicate to them and so that again is is a technology funnel which we believe clearly differentiates us from others and and three um is is uh, where i would say the whole piece of nano marketing right um you know i i come from fmcg background i have been brand manager on a coca cola and and multiple kind of really large brands and i remember most of these brands we used to make these pen profiles right which is this one definition of the ideal consumer right that we are targeting tanya who lives in xyz city does xyz things right hey now there are 100 different kind of tanyas who are there right and they want to hear these messages in their own context right atanya who's a housewife who's sitting at home versus atanya who's a college student who's stepping out uh, in the morning versus atanya who's a young jobber and is doing something else right they all need different kind of context right and similarly there are so many different consumer cohorts right so um the 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 consumer um you know um, data analysis that we do and basis which we build these nano cohorts right help us market right to different kind of consumers so rather than taking the same message to them and we are able to take very customized messages right in fact now we are even customizing for weathers right so if delhi is cold right you will actually see the film which says you know 
are you you know feeling dry in delhi winters right this is a lotion right wow. while if uh, you know there is there is uh, rains in some other parts right it will have you know a, a messaging around mosquitoes which sort of goes out right so now basis geography basis weather basis the kind of consumer preferences right the nano marketing is just you know happening at a very different level right so i think those pieces are clearly going to differentiate us compared to some of the other you know fmcg companies and the way they have marketed to the consumer that's actually very interesting you know when we uh, partner with some of the fmcg companies in the traditional world one of the key questions uh, we have often heard in the boardrooms is that we are a business we're selling to the consumer but actually we are not because businesses used to be so far away from the consumer there was a stockist in the middle a distributor a retailer but uh, what is fascinating about your answer is that through each uh thread you're actually is connecting better to the consumer uh, whether that be product or marketing or uh, or distribution uh, super interesting and and one lastly so now you have this great purpose a phenomenal team a great foundation 1000 plus crore uh, of revenue and uh, this amazing technology platform which is differentiated what motivates you now where is this company headed where are you headed what you know what energizes you what wakes you up in the morning uh, to start running again we're just getting started man <laughs> i mean <laughs> this is this is a great beginning then uh, i mean uh, something that i've always uh, said to my team as well is have a healthy disregard for the past right everything that you've talked about is all past right uh, we have our eyes on the future right uh, and we believe there is there is so much um you know innovation that can happen there is so much opportunity that is existing out there the market is changing so quickly right that you know it'll take time for elephants to move around quickly while while we can run faster and grab some of that right um and uh, we have backing of partners like you who are far more attuned to how this is going to shape right? and and are able to support us in our decisions and and we are together taking those big risks so i think all of that just excites us with the possibilities right and that 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 possibility right of what this could be in 10 years right is just so exciting that that that's what makes me wake up every morning and say hey what new right how do we get this growth going what do we do two years down the line i think you know but from a from a vision perspective um, you know i think we would love to hit a billion dollar revenue in within this decade right and uh, i don't think any fmcg company in india has done that in the time uh, that we intend to do it right uh, um so i think that's the bigger um vision and we would like to do it in the exact same approach of building purposeful brands right every brand that we build has a strong purpose in social agenda so as we grow right the impact that we will make be it on environment or on communities will be even bigger and that again is a big satisfaction for us we are not doing it under the garb of just a esg initiative right this is business as usual for us the more we grow the more impact we make and um secondly what we want to achieve is build a house of brands and establish a narrative that what we have built is not just a brand but a capability to build more brands right and the 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 playbooks that we have built right are replicable across brands right and we are doing that with the launch of derma company last year and uh, we've just launched another brand called aquologica right? and and each of these brands are are focused on a very different 
um, you know, niche, a very differentiated proposition, right? And they're going to make their own space using the playbooks that we have learned. And, and the third narrative that we would like to build is uh, establish the same playbooks in another market, right? And, and show how um, these playbooks are not just meant for India, but are meant for uh, globally for other markets as well. And that just then opens up the kind of growth we can see if we can execute this internationally. And, and fourth, of course, like we discussed, right? Continuing to build all of this um, strength that we have built right, uh, in form of products, right? So, which is technological products that help us execute these playbooks far better and far faster than anyone else, right? So, yeah, these four agendas are the big ones on my list for the next seven years. It's phenomenal, Varun. I can, I can tell you, you have the same energy in your eyes that you had many years ago when I met you for the first time, where we were maybe one crore annualized revenue, uh, but the same ambition, same energy and more power to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Varun's energy and zeal are contagious. And it's fascinating to see how Mama Earth is doing things differently from FMCG incumbents. Ishan, you know, based on your time working with Mama Earth, what's special about them? I mean, there are so many things that Varun has just spoken about that, that makes them really different. But in your opinion, what's special about them and what do they do particularly well? Well, there are many things, Devi, as you can imagine, and that's why they are where they are. But, uh, but let me pick three, three specific things. And, uh, and Varun has touched upon them in different ways. But let me share how, what we are able to see as partners, right? Uh, First and right up there on that list is, is culture and organization building, right? Um, we firmly believe that finally people build businesses and it has been amazing to uh, listen to Warren and Gazal and hear their philosophy of what an organization means for them, what people mean for them, right? It's not, it's not business first, people second, it's always people first and then business, right? Uh, that's how they approach it. Uh, so many conversations I've had with Varun uh, are about talent density, which has nothing to do with today, which has nothing to do with uh, tomorrow, uh, as in the next quarter. But it's true with, hey, this is what we want to be in five years, in 10 years, and are we ready for it? Are we building the right muscle organizationally to achieve that ambition? And, uh, and that is terrific. The second is uh, is a use of technology and we have spoken about that a lot but uh, let me reiterate right uh, we've seen many businesses uh, in this industry but the way mama earth is approaching this uh, and how technology and data is cutting through different functions is is beautiful right uh Varun talked about a few but let me tell you like even not so technology places like even how the offline sales works right uh is very, very technologically driven. It's very data driven. Uh, and, and see, when businesses scale, uh, gravity catches up, right? That's the sole truth. Your mass increases and the gravitational force will increase. Technology is what provides that buoyancy for gravity to catch up slower, for businesses to keep growing, keep compounding at a much healthier pace. And I think that's a big contributor to uh, Mama Earth achieving this phenomenal scale so fast. Uh, I don't think any other brand comes even close uh, to this. Uh, and then lastly, but uh, I would say most importantly is, you know, people say that building a business is a generational affair. Uh, and it's very important important to f for founders and teams to have that mindset. 
And that as partners we have seen uh, is what Ghazal and Varun have. Like rarely any conversation with them is about next month, next quarter, uh, right? It's always, hey, we are taking this decision. Uh, what will it mean for the long-term future, long-term success of this company? Whether that be on hiring, whether that be on new brands, whether that be on expansion internationally or in new products or uh, merging and acquiring new businesses. Every time it is about the long term and that is really, really good because frankly, that's what matters. Um, I, I would say those three are truly, truly distinctive uh, for Mama Earth, Varun Ghazal. Thank you, Ishan. Now, Varun, if you had to give an aspiring founder just one piece of advice around brand building, what would it be? I think my advice would be not to overcomplicate it. And a brand uh, is is just simply put uh, an idea of uh, purpose, quality, and consistency. And uh, and and that's what one needs to get right. Right? Don't start with trying to build a brand. Right? Start with trying to solve a problem. And and when you take the solution to the consumer and just hear them, listen to them, and they are the ones who will craft your narrative for you. And just that listening would help you understand what they want to hear from you when you take the pitch to them. And finally, all media and all marketing is human to human communication. And if you're not able to get your message across to another human being across the table in 30 to 60 seconds, then the message probably is not right. Refine it till you're able to simply put it across to a colleague, to a friend, right, right across the table right, in a human-to-human -human conversation. Right? And just keep doing it over and over again. Right? Don't compromise on um, your, what, what your standards are and what you believe in. Right? And the brand will get built over time. Thank you both so much for taking the time to join me here on Moonshot today and for sharing the story behind Mama Earth and how you're doing things differently and earning customer trust by living your brand ideals. I've been speaking to Varun Alag, co-founder of Mama Earth and Sequoia India Managing Director Ishan Mittal. I'm Dewi Fabri and you've been watching Moonshot. For more interesting startup stories, visit our website sequoiacap.com or follow us on your favorite podcast channel.